you do it. Why don't you imagine with me right now? Okay? Just follow along with me. Right now, somewhere. Somewhere in a church. Right now, there's a young man or a young woman holding on to the pew in front of them or the back of the chair in this church. Sweaty palms. Nervous. They know that they feel the tug of the Holy Spirit that God wants them to come forward and accept Him today. And they're standing there. They're standing there. And they're holding on. And they're nervous. And they're sweaty. And they get that sick pit in their stomach of, is it me or is it really God? Somewhere, right now, there's a mother who's praying for that child. A grandmother praying for that child. And they're praying, God, just let him take the next step. You see, the scariest thing is everybody that's accepted Jesus Christ at some point in time has had that feeling. And the thing of it is, is we've all came to the point where we had to make the next step. young woman this morning somewhere is sitting there and they're standing and they're gripping on because you know what if they let go they're afraid their feet's going to take them somewhere they've never been they know if they let go of that pew and they actually move forward they're going to be held to a different standard because God is going to say he says what did he, what did he say he said if you will confess your sins and you will believe that I am the only son of God and you will ask me to forgive you I will forgive you and you shall be saved and they're holding on because if that happens then I'm no longer in charge I'm no longer in control If I let go of this chair, I gotta make a difference. You see, I liken it to this. I remember, see this this kamikaze kid back here on the base when he was little. Before his brain damage, he didn't. He was he was a very timid young man. I remember floating in my pool and him standing on the edge. And me saying, son, just jump to me. Nope. Anybody else still with this? You're sitting there, the mother or father going, just jump. I got you. I'm going to catch you. You won't drown. You're not going to die. I'm standing right here. Jesus Christ is sitting right here at the altar somewhere today. And you know what? That young man, he's saying, that young woman, he's saying, just jump. I've got you.
You see, when he jumped and his daddy caught him, he was like, that was cool. And then I had to be careful because you know what happened? After he jumped, he learned to do it all the time. And all of a sudden, he started jumping without daddy being in the water. How many of you know that when you ask Jesus Christ, when you're standing there somewhere, when that young man or that young lady lets go of the bench, it starts to come, and they feel the release of this world fall off of them. saying, God, I just, I want you to refresh that feeling, right? And can I ask you a question? I'm going I'm to I'm pick on you because you're in the front row because Mama made you come to the front row and I love it. I love it. Dad's not here. You're in the front row killing it. Here's the deal. If you came up here, did you think that everybody thought you did something wrong this week? Right? Of course, right? You know what you're great? ain't a person's butt in this building they ain't done something wrong they don't need to come up and ask God for forgiveness for not one not one if you think you have you are lying and that's another sin bingo why do we make this a place of shame you know why because when we were standing there we remember that feeling if I let go people are going to hold me to a higher standard but you know what we forgot God, the freedom we found right here. We forgot the freedom we received when we took that first step. I watched a young man. He was working so hard. He prayed for a year and a half. A year and a half. He said, God, I just want the Holy Spirit. I want to have the manifestation done. A year and a half. He prayed for a year and a half. He told me I'm never going to get it. I said, you're right. Because you're trying to control. See, God doesn't expect you to control. He expects you to fall under His control. He controls the universe, y'all. You think you're better than that? So you know what? I told him, you know what, tonight, I don't want you to do a cotton-picking thing. I don't want you to think about the Holy Spirit. I want you just to praise Jesus Christ. And you know what they sang? I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender I surrender all. And I... I walked at that time. I walked up to the front and I said, you know what, tonight, if you want to surrender all, I'm going to open up this. He stood up and started speaking in tongues from the very back queue all the way to the front. Because he stopped trying to control. There's nothing on what I had wrote in this book all the way here. By the way, all this stuff, God, I had a great message, a great message. And on the way here, I got in a van. I didn't even get in a van yet. I got in, Alan got there, and we started praying, and, and it was ready to, and, and God said, well, you ain't, you ain't even close. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to talk. Is that all right? 
Romans 9, 1 and 2. It says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness but he never gave up on his Jewish brothers he went to great lengths to try to teach them about the Messiah and you know what the greatest opposition came from his people his people's where he got hmm you ever try to make a change in your Where do you find your greatest opposition when you try to make a change from your friends, from your family, from the ones who you thought were your support, were common? See, Paul Paul even went as far as to try to practice the old Jewish laws and the old Jewish ways to let them. How many of us are right now trying to act like the world saying, well, we're going to go out and we're going to act just like them. And if we act just like them, they're going to see that we're something different. And they're going to ask us what it is. And then I'm going to, ha Jesus is it. Stop lying to yourself. It says to separate yourself from the things of this world. Not to rub up against it. It says to pull yourself apart. Show you that, show them that you are children of the king. You know what? By not being like them. I had youth pastors coming to me and telling me, you know what, uh, uh, pastor, I'm going in this week, I'm getting gauges and a tattoo. And I went, you're 37, why? Well, I want them to identify with me. No, I'm not here to identify. I got news. I'm not here to identify with you. You know what identifying is? We both serve the same Savior. That's my identity with you. It ain't because we both have sexy wives and we have nice cars and 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 can-ams and 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 you know that's not what it is that's all cool though (laughs) do you know what you need you don't need somebody just like you you need somebody to come in and say this is what jesus did for me let me tell you what jesus did for me i have a son who has no front left lobe of his brain that nobody can tell you how he walks talks or does anything Not only does he walk and talk, he's a four-time all-around rodeo champion, bull riding, doing all that mess, shoot dogging, all that junk. Then he turned around, went to state in wrestling. Now he's a six-time world champion in Taekwondo. And guess what? Now he's a handgun instructor. And he has no left love of his brain. They still don't know how he walks. Let me tell you what Jesus Christ did for me. My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. They had to do a lopping off of me. They had to do all the chemo she could ever have. They took her body parts and threw them in a trash can. And Jesus Christ restored her to better than new. And you know what? Let me tell you something. My kidney completely quit. And my brain might be damaged. But he didn't take my mouth. And he didn't take my freedom. And he didn't take my happiness. And you know what? 
God still wasn't done. Because you know what? Satan got mad because we were still doing his work. And you know what? We're going to give her cancer one more time. And you know what? They gave her four spots of cancer. They cut it all out. Then they told her, you're not, your heart's not going to support. You know what? She's up here singing praises to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what Jesus Christ did for me. And it wasn't because I gave him part of my life. funny how we want all the blessings of God, but we want to control what we have to control. See, Paul was worried that his brothers were going to go to hell. He says, I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow. You are continual this? That means it don't stop. I can't turn my love for this woman behind me on and off. We were uh, doing a mission trip in Lone Pine, California. We rebuilt a church for one of my buddies. He was there. It was a home missions church. They just cut all of her body apart and scooped the muscle and took muscle from her abdomen and flipped it up to cover where the hole where they to where she had a flat chest to where they had a place to build on and they had done all this surgery and she had drain tubes hanging out of her body she had all this stuff and she's like i'm going with you baby we're going to go we went we went and you know what i sat there and i, and I told about how god, i loved this woman and how god was doing miracles in her life and how I was the one that was lucky because I had a woman who battled hard enough. You see all the scars? She looked like Frankenstein. And you know what all this stuff was? It was proving to me she loved me enough to give enough to stay here. It would have been easier to die than to go with what she went through. See, the love I have for her is not conditional. over here she was just emotionally just wrecked I'm talking snot driven off the chin kind of wrecked and I went there and introduced myself at the end she's just crying and she goes I just need to say thank you I go my honor <laughs> she goes no you don't understand I also had a double mastectomy my husband of 30 years while I was in having surgery packed his stuff and left me because I wasn't going to be a woman thank you for reminding me that God has a plan in everything it's funny because I didn't think nothing about it this is what you do 
you love, right? I didn't say, God, thank you for this woman because I love her boobs. No, I love her. I love who she is. I love who she made me be. A better man. She fought somewhere this morning. Are you believing for him? We've lost the desire to see people saved. Now we're worried about me and mine. Alan, it'd be really easy for, for me just to tell you, hey, bub, check it out. <laughs> we lived four miles apart. One Sunday I made your house. Next Sunday, you meet at my house. We just have us a church. Because all I'm worried about is me and mine. Is that what God wants? Do you think that's even a possibility? We talked about making disciples. Now what we talked about? What is a disciple? Someone who's trying to emulate everything of Christ. Did Christ just sit back and go, If they want me, they'll come. See, this is a beautiful congregation. Uh, you know, my daddy, he's, him and Childers, I, I told them both. <laughs> Whoever God plants here is in such a winning position. They got young, young couples. You got to understand, the average age of most churches are dead. You think I'm kidding. You know, it's bad when, when you're 60 years old and you're thinking, good, look at all those old people and you realize you're one of them. Whoever ends up here has a great, great thing going for them. They have a loving congregation. They have children. They have teens. they're not more are we worried about just us <laughs> you come in and I can shake your hand I know who everybody is it's awesome when you see a new face come through the back door like what happened well what happened was last week she was a Baptist girl that God told her you need to stop at a different church and she stopped and she was sitting right here and Jesus Christ ministered she was the first one to the altar For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. I want you to understand something. Paul wanted to see so many people, his brothers, make heaven their home. He even said, I wish I could lose my salvation for them to have eternal life. 
Somewhere today, that young man and that young woman, you got to also understand this. The next step, Gary. What's the next step for me? I've accepted Jesus Christ. You got to understand that. I've accepted Jesus Christ. I've been serving Him for a long time. I've been in the ministry for 28 years with my wife. Do you know what? What is our next step? What is your next step? I've accepted Christ. Now what? Now you know what you've got to do? Now you've got to Nobody died. Let me ask you a question. What's your next step? You're asking yourself, what's my next step? Some of you are that young person holding on to that pew that hasn't made the step to come forward. Some of you have came forward, but you know what? You've let your job, you've let your, your pride, you've let your, your sense of humor, you've let your perversion, you've let your addiction pull you farther away, and you're too proud to get up here. What's your next step? Some of you have family that don't know Jesus Christ. And you know what your next step is? Telling them they're going to hell without Him. What is your next step? What is your next step? Your next step is getting up and deciding, Gary. You know what? I'm not going to play halfway anymore. I'm going to find myself... A, a, a devotional and you know what I'm going to do every time I get up in the morning see being retarded like us you know what I mean Reti- retired I said retired retired like us you know what I have to do in the morning when I wake up <laughs> and I normally can't do anything anyway because I'm still tied to my machine that's pumping stuff in and out of me for, for my dialysis 10 hours a night so I just lay there and I open my Bible and I started praying for Mary and I started praying for folks that needed a touch from God and God starts changing my day and my attitude and you know why? Because the first thing I do in the morning is I spend time with Jesus.
first step. Then you know what I do? I, I, I don't have the ability to call everybody. So uh, my brother, he put together a, a group text message uh, for all of my reset ch- church. And, and you know what we do is, is I sit there and I, and I send out text messages. Hey, y'all, pray for, for Terry's sister. She, she has a, a mass on her chest. And they're going in to do a lumpectomy. And she's scared to death. She doesn't know Jesus Christ, but let's pray. And we, you know what? Globally, we start praying as a church. And you know what happened? Then all of a sudden, two days later, we get a thing back. Everything's clear. Cool. come in here and Alan's face is working and Lisa goes all clear you know what I got news hearty hearts PTL lol smiley face really let me ask you a question when you see a baby boy stand up everything we are for what he's already doing instead of waiting until it affects me. <laughs> Would you hear that again? I'm going to slow that one down. Some of us, our next step is learning how to truly thank God for the healings that others receive until, instead of waiting until it's you that needs it. Because if it wouldn't be for the fact that I started praising God for for my dad being healed, for my mom being healed of breast cancer, for my sister being healed of cancer, for my daughter being healed of cancer. If I wouldn't have started praying and praising God for all that until all of a sudden it hit home, I'm having to learn how to thank Him, ain't I? I'm going to have to learn how to pray about it, ain't I? I'm going to what? What's, what's your next step? Maybe start caring about others more than you care about you. If you start caring about others more than you care about you, all of a sudden their stuff matters too. You start learning how to pray. I prayed for Mary. Mary's not my best bud. We don't hang out. We don't go drink monsters together. We don't. She texted me, would you please pray? I'm sick and I'm not getting better. I did not pray just once. I prayed every day, sometimes three and four times a day when God would bring her to my mind and it wasn't just, oh, God, heal Mary. I started praying that God would protect her from COVID. I started protecting her from pneumonia. I started call- I was speaking into her. I was saying, take the allergies away. Take all this stuff. I started naming things. Because she mattered. question is, 
what's your next step? I don't know that. Some of you may be that young man, that young woman holding under the bench with sweaty palms and that sick pit in their stomach knowing that if you get up and you walk up here your life's going to change. You know what scared me most about coming to the altar asking me in my life was knowing I had to change. You see, I had to die to my own ways. That meant friends, no addictions, no, no, no excuses, and I was like, God, I, I'm not strong enough to do that, he says, duh, that's why I'm here waiting to catch you, just jump in the pool, see? just jump, I got you. You're not going to drown. I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to let this world eat you up. I'm not going to let you be encumbered. I'm not going to let you surrender to the things of this world. Just jump. I'm here. What's your next step? I just want you to understand something. Played it and I thought, oh, that's really, that's really nice. We left here and we went home. We sat down as a group. And I was like, dude, you gotta hear this. So I want you to be. be